Welcome to the Citizens NYC Couples and Conversations podcast. This podcast is a product of Citizens Committee for New York City, one of the nation's oldest microfunding organizations. What describes us? We believe in people power, volunteerism, social justice, economic justice, and community. Our mission is to help New Yorkers in all boroughs come together and improve the quality of life in their neighborhoods. We've given out over $1 million in grants in 2020, and we're on a mission to help fill gaps where social services have fallen short. As we look to bounce back from a historical global pandemic, this Citizens NYC podcast is designed to bring important conversations about the future of NYC to the forefront as grantees, funder partners, and community leaders will come together to talk about how they're helping to rebuild the city we all know and love, New York City. Get ready, because our next guest are ready to kick things off. Hey guys, thanks for coming to Couples and Conversations. I'm glad that the four of us are here, two couples that are, uh, as far as I know, uh, monogamous. Myself, Scott Young, I am the VP of Development and Communications at Citizens NYC, and my husband, Joe Garafa, is here. Say hey. Hey, everybody. And we're joined by my amazing colleague, Allison Weidman, and her new husband, John. Hey, guys. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hey, John. Nice to meet you. Hey, Allison. Nice to meet you, too. Hi, Joe. Nice to meet you. Congratulations. When did you guys get married? We got married on what feels like the last day of normal life, which was 12-30-19. So the last day, pretty much like the last day you could get married at City Hall before 2020, which was one of the last marriages of the year, kind of. I mean, thousands of people got married after us, but only for a couple more months. The day before the first news reports about the pandemic. Right. Well, congratulations for making that deadline. (laughs) Yes. We had a micro wedding before it was the trendy thing to do, but it was really fun. So, uh, How is married life treating you, as they say? Exactly like we expected year one to go. We expected year one to just start <laughs> out. And then three months later, we would be living with my mom in central Jersey by the beach. So that's kind of like what everybody dreams of for the first six months. And then you just work next to each other, or what are we diagonal? We're diagonal. I think we're we're a bit diagonal. We're we are blessed with enough space to not be able to hear everything the other one is saying during the day when we're both on Zoom calls. She's on Zoom calls with you, Scott. But yeah, it's been a a year of quarantine, like Allison said, just like we planned it. I'm thinking about, um, you all know that I'm from Utah, and when people are newlyweds in Utah, they honestly, their wedding night is like their traditional like wedding night. That's when, you know, they're doing it for the first time. And so, and they've never done it in their whole life. So I'm th- sitting here thinking like, if you were in Utah, you'd be real glad you were quarantined for a year. But here in <laughs> New York City, we're regular humans now. So uh, you don't have to worry about that. But uh, you were in Central Jersey, but so you you had to leave the city during the pandemic, like I think a lot of people did. Uh, we left. Well, we didn't leave. We were we just didn't come back. <laughs> we live a little bit north of the city. So, but where where did you all grow up? I don't know. 
I was born in the city and then my mom moved to central Jersey by the beach because she worked in Princeton, but my dad still lived in the city. So I kind of grew up in the straddled central Jersey, New York City tug of feeling like you were cooler than the other kids because you spent time in the city, but you didn't actually live in the city like my husband, who's legit. I grew up in Morningside Heights. I was born in an apartment on the Upper West Side. My parents moved a couple of miles north when I was six months old. They're still there. So, yeah. That sounds uh, like you ended up in Rye. Oh, they moved a couple of miles north. Like, they ended up on the 100. <laughs> yeah, in Morningside, and and Morningside Heights. They went from 76th Street to 112th Street. And, uh, right, you made it sound like they moved like out to Westchester. You know, yeah, they, they moved to Alaska and then they came back and settled back in <laughs> Morningside Heights. No, yeah, much longer than I've been alive. They've been in the city, and uh, yeah, I've been here. I live in Brooklyn now with my wife Allison. And uh, so, what what is your like definition of? I was just thinking, oh, your parents and you are real New Yorkers, but then I was like, man, Joe and I are too. We believe we are, but what is your definition of that? That's a good question. I, I I don't know that I have a like a definition that's rooted in like time or any like particular stat. I think it's more more of a commitment and a posture being a New Yorker. You gotta be here first off. Like if you move somewhere else you're not a you're not a New Yorker anymore. Maybe you like have a little bit of like New Yorker time but it burns out and then you are wherever you are. But yeah, I don't know. I think it's more of like a, a commitment to the city. Um, in a kind of an existential sense that makes you a, a true New Yorker. Um, honey, tell us why you came to New York and where you came from. I grew up in Detroit. I came out to New York in 2000, I want to say, or 2001. Um, oh, yeah, 2001, right after 9-11, October. And I came here to go to school to study theater. Hello. Um, and... <laughs> You know, it wasn't until more recently that I realized a lot of the reasoning that I came to the city in the first place was to find an escape, to find a place where I could feel more comfortable being around theater people, around artists, around a more gay community, around a more LGBTQIA-friendly community and a more diverse population than that from where I lived. Um, before I moved to New York, I went to school in Chicago for about a year that did not work out. And when I moved back to Detroit, that's when I made the, the leap to come here. And I was pretty young and did not know exactly what I was going to do. But I had two friends who were here studying at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. And they were like, oh, you should check it out. So I actually took money from my mom without her knowing, bought an airplane ticket. And a friend of mine got an airplane ticket too. And we we flew out here and on that trip, I auditioned for the school. And I remember my friends taking me to St. Mark's place. We went to Dallas barbecue. I think we somehow, I don't remember how, cause I had to have been 19, got Texas sized margaritas and just had the best <laughs> time ever on that trip. And um, right. oh, it was great. I, they'd never ID'd <laughs> us. And in Chicago, if, you, if you'd ever lived in Chicago, when you're of that age, they are so strict at every bar, every restaurant. It's like they had the machines, they swiped. I know I work in Planet Hollywood there, so you you could not go to a regular bar. New York City, completely different. You just, whatever. You got money, you pay, okay. But that was the experience. I, I got the acceptance letter and I decided this just has to happen. And at that point, I reconciled with my parents and, 
you know, made the case that I felt this was a necessary action and, and something I really wanted to do. And they supported getting me here. And then what kept me here through the years was definitely exactly what I was looking for, the cultural diversity, the arts, everything that the city has to offer. It's definitely been everything that I wanted and, and helps me feel comfortable. As a matter of fact, when I do go home, not so much Detroit, but where my family lives now outside of Detroit, I don't feel at home and I don't feel at place. I yearn for when the airplane goes over the city from the Midwest or whatever you want to consider Michigan. I feel a sense of comfort and a sense of like, ah, especially when I would get in a taxi. We, we lived in Queens for a while. I lived in Manhattan for many, many years as well. But that sense of like, ah, I'm in a cab. This guy, he's going to take care of me and the camaraderie and like the how so many people depend upon one another for the simplest chores or the simplest tasks. So yeah, there's my, that's my New York city tangent of where I came from. <laughs> and, and you forgot when you said you stole money from your mother, you forgot to tell people that you took a check. Uh, so you were totally traceable. <laughs> like, you, like the things you do at yeah. 19. Um, but it's so like, I feel like one of the reasons I love the city so much is I feel like you can find absolutely anything you want and whether that's, you know, gays or, uh, good food or, uh, you know, a good time out, whatever it is, an education, you can, you can find it if you look hard enough. One time I wanted so badly just to find a certain white shirt and I was like, I will find it in this Macy's in Herald Square. And I surely did. Uh, it's a very big place. Anyway. Um, <laughs> you guys, so you are a little bit different. You just, you, you were in New York since you were children and then decided to stay. I mean, was that a conscious decision where you like, uh, every other city sucks, but do you agree? What do you like? Why'd you stay? I don't think every other city sucks at all. I think most cities have their strengths and their weaknesses and no, by there comparison, are plenty of places I that are nice to visit. Disagree. <laughs> John? By comparison, I totally agree. I, I'm a lifelong, like, I've never left. I went I went to school in Rhode Island for four years, and I was coming back on the Peter Pan bus every other weekend because I couldn't stay away. No, I, I definitely, you know, fell in love with everything that New York has to offer, really, just the fact that there's so much and that I felt like whatever I was interested in, it was here. And for someone who did a bunch of different things, career-wise and kind of explore like it, it was everything I wanted to try was here and everything that I wanted to kind of find out about myself I felt like I could do it here always so that's that's why I, I've stayed. And what did you find out about yourself? Found out that uh, I'm capable of waiting a really long time for the subway if I've committed to it I'm not going <laughs> to leave. I will also take the subway like very late at night over taking an Uber on principle. I've discovered that like there are various things that make absolutely no sense uh, in terms of lifestyle that I not only tolerate, but embrace as a New Yorker. I embrace the struggle. So I think that's uh, that's definitely something that helps you stick around here. Allison, I was thinking about when you're saying that about what you embrace, and, and I think I don't want to put the words in your mouth, but we talk often about how much you despise working from home. No offense, John, but uh, I think you miss people like like is that what is your favorite thing about New York? Is that it or what else? I think there is a dynamic to looking at New York City from afar and like always wanting to be there. And even though my from afar was very close and similar to John saying 
Like when he was in college, he was coming back on weekends. Like his hangout was still the city. As soon as I moved out of the city full time in second grade, like every weekend, every other weekend, my fun weekends were always in the city. So I always was like idealizing time in the city. Like that's where culture lived. That's where interesting people lived. That's where the stuff was happening. I did not care for the like suburbs or the beach or like the space of my reality with my mom in New Jersey. And like always it was like concerts and fun and activity when I was in the city. So I did try another city. Like I went to Atlanta for college and I hated it. I hated it. And I graduated early because I hated it so much. It was so slow. It was so slow that like every McDonald's you went to, there was a line, a longer line in the drive-thru than to go inside. And I just could not understand why if I was going to wait 15 minutes, but everyone's like, that's so New York. Like you only worry about that in New York. And after three years of hearing that, I'm like, I just have to get back to New York. Like, how do I like graduate <laughs> to get out of this place where like everywhere I've gone for three years, everyone is just telling me to go back to where I wanted to be the whole time. So I, I mean, like, I don't think I ever thought that I could possibly be an adult anywhere else but here. John is so much more open to moving than I am. Like, I'll say, like, emphatic statements, like, we're never leaving New York City. He's like, well, we might, who knows? We might move there other places. Like, slow down. But I can't imagine. I feel so fortunate that, like, on top of how much I just, like, love being here and I guess people can't see me, so it's important to say, like, as a black Jew who, like, found another, like, black Jew, that doesn't happen literally anywhere else, like, maybe L.A., but I would definitely not want to live in L.A. So, you know, this feels like the only place that I could possibly exist. There are opportunities everywhere, but, like, opportunities for me exist here. Like, I've lived such a fun and interesting life that, like, could not happen in another location other than New York City. So do we all appreciate New York City a little bit more than the person who's been here forever and is like, oh, it's great. But no, <laughs> I, I, I've never thought about that. We've never asked each other this question. We kind of like come at it from a fairly native New Yorker, like both of us, because there just aren't that many native New Yorkers that even my like, multiple location reality is more New York than most kids get growing up. I think it's so beautiful. We, our son was born in the Bronx and uh, we have a son. His name is Michael. He's four. We lived in Queens for a couple of years then with him. And then we left like so many people with children do. And it just, it changes your life. And as much as like you are making me so jealous that we don't really live there. We live, like I said, just north of the city and but I don't know. We just felt like we needed to give our child the sort of similar upbringing that we had, uh, which is like backyard and a little bit of open space. So so we did it. But I still, I still sort of regret it <laughs> in a way leaving, especially like during COVID, because we were going every day to work in the city and we we're taking him with us. And so he was like kind of a New Yorker going to school on the Lower East Side. And I was like, yeah, you're kind of badass. 
but we'll go home and still have the backyard. But, and I, I said to Joe the other day, like, if I knew that we weren't going to go there every day uh, when we moved away, I, I don't know if I would have. And I, I feel a little cheated, but I mean, like I'm cheated by COVID of my city and it's sad. And then you think of like all of the people that actually, the other people that left during COVID, what is the statistic? Like 5% of the city. And it's like, uh, it's why. Why would they do it? I don't know. Or do people just have a lot of faith that New York will be there for them when they are ready to come back? Like they believe, as it has proven to be, you know, a fairly resilient city that can take it or leave it and it'll be there when you're ready to come back and it will continue to evolve on without you. New York is bigger than a person, so people don't feel like them being there is what keeps it vibrant. Right. I agree. It's frustrating to see any sort of reports or any, any individual on social media, like, Oh, they, New York is dead. It's like the history of New York, that New York will never be dead. Give me a break. How egotistical is it of a person to sit there and say, New York is dead. Are you kidding me in the spectrum of everything that New York city has and will go through? The city's not going anywhere. The the artists are not going anywhere. The the bleeding hearts, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're right. The, 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 you have to have this belief, but there's a small, I think, percentage of people who I want to kind of go back to one thing that is in my head about, like, people who decide to leave their homes. Like, this is where you grew up. You grew up in Utah. You grew up here. What percentage of our friends, of, of children, actually go through high school and they're, like, making the choice to, like, leave their hometown, to leave their family, to leave everything they've known? Like, that's a huge choice. And it's not, like, I don't think that's a normalcy. I really don't. I think that it's, it's, it's an exception. And there's people who have a drive or a, a deeper purpose to get themselves from point A to point B to whatever the case may be, to, to be in a better community to be amongst, you know, whatever, to grow um, the, the socio-economical ladder, whatever the case may be, that, that purpose is so strong that that brings people. And it, it, I think it'll constantly be bringing people back to, to New York City. Interestingly, we, we haven't talked about what we do, which I like about this conversation, but kind of entertainment does touch on the three of you in a way that it doesn't touch on me. So I'd love to ask a question to the three of you about a certain soul will always be drawn to New York because New York is very forgiving and you can escape within New York. It's just a place where you can kind of like be and nobody will ask you questions, which my mom came from also the Midwest. So I come from a line of people who came here on the same quest. And now in a world where people can create art more democratically and everywhere and like have access to audiences and community and, you know, are all of the things that drew you to New York still the thing, you know, there's no Broadway, there is going to be Broadway again. How does that affect people that you guys know? And John, like you work in the music industry, so you have like a both professional opinion and your family does this for a living. So it's like a, a family business kind of conversation. Like where does arts and culture in the city and it's draw to people bringing them in, where does that stand? Well, I think it's pretty uh, off target when people equate open theaters and, you know, things being open or closed with being sort of the barometer of like 
and the arts and the culture of New York City. The arts and the culture of New York City is all of the people who have who are from here or who came here and have made some of the greatest arts and cultural artifacts in the history of humanity. I think we definitely over-index in that as a city. And, you know, if I'm sort of being more kind of coldly analytical about myself, what probably keeps me here above everything else is the fact that I fell in love with the culture as a kid and I fell in love with the music and like, you know, like hip hop grew up as hip hop culture was taking off and New York was at the front and remember all the, you know, memories of my childhood of love and this album came out or that album came out and the Jay-Z Nas rivalry and the sort of, you know, that all that stuff is so central to my identity as a New Yorker and as a person that it was always like natural for me to like want to pull that, continue to pull that thread as far as it could go as I got older. And so now I, you know, I work in the music business and I definitely think that part of the reason is because all the things that made me fall in love with New York are people who, you know, are in these spaces and who make these things find inspiration here. I love that. I, I was thinking as you're talking about uh, the like those sorts of those those boldface names like New York produces icons. And while your icons are different than mine, who happen to be folks like uh, RuPaul and Bernadette Peters and Liza Minnelli, my life without those people would be certainly uh, less exciting and less uh, I don't know fun certainly. And I feel just by living here that like I'm, I'm that much closer to being a little bit like them. And I and I just love that. Allison, John, Joe, my lovely boy. Uh, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having a great conversation about the city that we love so very much. And I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say to all our lovely listeners, please consider donating to us. Go to citizensnyc.org and push that donate button and so we can keep up the good work uh, of helping New Yorkers.